Welcome to Disability Matters with your host, Joyce Bender. All comments, views, and opinions expressed on this show are solely those of the host, guest, and callers. Now the host of Disability Matters, here's Joyce Bender. Hey, hi everyone. Hope you're having a great Tuesday. Excuse me, and thank you for joining us. I have to tell you, I know I tell this on every show. Ireland, I can't thank you enough for this incredible listening audience. Uh, You know, all I can say is keep it up, keep on keeping on, keep spreading the news, and thank you. And a special shout out to my dear friend, Yoshiko Dart. Yoshiko, you know there's a shout out to you on every show. But all my listeners know I get so upset that the disability community does not keep their history. Well, we keep it, but it's not in the schools. So that's why I'm going to keep, I'm going to remember you, Yoshiko, every show. And thank you. We have a lead sponsor um, and we have other sponsors, but we have a lead sponsor for every show for the past two years. And that would be Highmark. And Highmark, you do set the high mark. They have been just tremendous. And we started a not-for-profit this past June to help high school students with disabilities, the Bender Leadership Academy. And guess who the funder was? Highmark. So, Highmark, thank you so much. And also, another uh, sponsor we have, AudioEye. Thank you, AudioEye. Um, and, you know, you're such a great software product for digital accessibility. Well, now that I've thanked everyone, let me tell you we are going to have a great show today. This is a jam-packed show. This is a phenomenal group that will be with us, starting with my close friend, You can tell by the way I'm talking, I have a big smile on my face. My close friend, Terry Hartman Squire, who is the CEO of EINSOF, Einsoft Communications. And let me tell you about this woman. She is all about, you know, bringing disability to the world of entertainment and Hollywood. She is a tremendous disability advocate. She has been a supporter of mine forever, and I'm talking about since like 1998. I just love her so much. Terry, welcome to the show. Hey, Joyce, thank you so much. It's so great to connect with you and be on your show. And, yeah, we do go back a long way. When Tony appointed us, Tony Quello, to serve on the former President's Committee on Employment of People with Disabilities. So that's a lot of water under a bridge, but it's really great to, to be on your show today. And thanks 19, for having us. Oh, yes, 1997. Yes, that's right. Wow. But who's <clears throat> counting? We stopped using numbers. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> uh, right? Well... Terry, I thought you could tell our listeners throughout the world why. what made you decide to become an advocate for the disability community. And why I say that is many people have disabilities, but they don't all become advocates. And also, uh, share with our listeners about your company also. 
Well, I think advocacy finds you. You don't go chasing after it. It's something, as Justin Dart used to say, it's a passion in your belly. It's a sense of wanting to right the wrongs in the world and make sure that there's no injustices. And my advocacy actually started in college. Um, I was studying to be a sign language interpreter, and um, I encountered discrimination in the casting process during a temporary disability. So I went on an audition. I was wearing a neck brace, and the casting director looked at me, shook her head, and walked the other way. I mean, like, wow, that was the first time that I had ever been prejudged or felt prejudice. And, you know, coming and looking back and realizing that there was a certain amount of white privilege, I just never encountered anything like that. So it stopped being an intellectual construct, and it got real personal. So I started to think, how could this person who never met me make assumptions about me and what I can and can't do? And I wasn't even given a chance. So that moment, Joyce, was my true north. And I realized that the media is very powerful in creating images and shaping attitudes. And basically, my life work since then has been collaborating with kindred spirits like you and other people who really look at the intersection of disability and media to increase employment and improve portrayals. Wow. You know, I'm going to put this quote out on social media. Advocacy finds you. Wow. Yeah. I mean, with your name, of course. That is so true and so powerful. Well, tell us what you do. What, what, what does your company do? Well, in soft communications, it actually means without end. And for those of us who are in advocacy and social justice, you know, at the end of the day, there is no end of the day. Um, and we work with um, media companies and disability organizations to create some strategic marketing, employment, and understanding between those two universes. And it manifests in lots of different projects, which we can talk about later, some of which uh, deal with media and the integration of people with disabilities into mainstream media. And not just traditional media, but media over a lot of delivery platforms these days. And Terry does a phenomenal job. So anyone listening to the show, whether it be uh, not-for-profits, large not-for-profits or businesses, uh, Terry, how do they find you? Um, the website, which is www.ainsofcommunications.com, or um, you can uh, email me at Terry at ainsofcommunications.com. That's E-I-N-S-O-S communications.com. Insoftcommunications.com. Okay, make sure you look her up. Um, and I wanted to ask you, uh, you, you know that example you just gave about, which is terrible, you know, when that casting director uh, basically said go in the other direction. What about today? What is the status today of Hollywood portraying actors and actresses? I know it either came out or it's coming out. The movie, I think it's with um, Kevin, is it, with him? Anyway, it's someone with a disability, portraying someone with a disability, but they don't have a disability. Um, So how, how are we moving along? How is that coming? 
Well, you know, you started this by saying that we don't record our history. So let's, let's, let's wind back and look back in the rearview mirror for a moment. In the late 1970s, Norman Lear, Fernfield, and Lorreen Arbus started the Media Access Awards to honor disability in media. Now, it's interesting because um, in 1980, disability was first included in the Affirmative Action and Non-Discrimination Clause of the Collective Bargaining Agreements, first ever with Screen Actors Guild and the Alliance of Motion Picture and Television Producers. And that was a full decade before the Americans with Disabilities Act. So you'd think that we would be a lot farther along, and unfortunately, we're not. Um, We set up the Media Access Office as a liaison between the entertainment industry and the disability community in the early 80s to increase employment and improve portrayals. Inclusion in the Arts was another organization, and there are several that were taking the lead to accomplish that. Um, We developed casting clearinghouses and produced talent showcases and technical assistance and script consultation to TV, films, advertising. And when things weren't right, we engaged in media advocacy. So fast forward to ADA 20, uh, we convened Lights Camera Access 2.0 for uh, former Assistant Secretary Kathy Martinez, our friend Kathy, and former Secretary Solis at the Television Academy to, again, increase employment and improve portrayals. And that led to a series of different activities under the banner of Lights Camera Access 2.0, which basically increases employment improves portrayals, and advocates for captioning and audio descriptions. Now, also at the same time for ADA 25, the ADA Legacy Project started DisBeat, which was an idea to connect authentic disability leaders with journalists in 20 different content areas so that they would have firsthand knowledge of experts with disabilities in the spirit of nothing about us without us. So there's a lot of different activity going around. Um, and with Lights Camera Access 2.0, we have regional summits. Uh, New York, um, J.D., well, our guest you'll meet in a moment, hosted one of our summits in New York this year in Los Angeles, in D.C., Chicago, and Boston. And then later in the show, we can talk about more specifics about Lights Camera Access 2.0 and some of our partners. But just to give you a snapshot, Last year, the Ruderman Family Foundation, we conducted a TV challenge to 151 pilots and series over 39 delivery platforms, television, Internet, cable, and 11 series on CBS hired performers with disabilities, and 61% of 20th Century Fox dramas are 14 out of 23 And 69% of the comedies, or 9 out of 13, audition performers with disabilities. So we're seeing progress, um, and we're trying to develop strategies to make that more sustainable. Oh, that is just absolutely awesome. And and thank you so much uh, for the work that you have done. I know that you've done a lot. Um, I know you've done a lot with Robert David Hall. And yes. so many others. Uh, but thank you. Thank you so much for what you're doing. Because, you know, until you see yourself, you don't want to see a white man portraying a black man. You know what I mean? You want to see right. 
the character with the disability be a character with a disability. Um, and, and with you know, that, yes. You're right. And it's not just entertainment choice. It's also news. Um, adapt Media has been, the Adapt Media team has been working really hard on different uh, policy issues. And so don't think that just because you're not formally working in the media, you can't take part in changing it, because that's simply not true. Yeah. Like what I thought was awesome, and please forgive me if I'm not getting his last name right. Um, uh, Roy Frank, is it Might from Breaking Bad? RJ. Oh, R.J. Mitty. Yeah, Mitty, thank you. R.J. Right. Mitty. R.J. Mitty. I mean, yeah. yeah, how great to watch a TV show and see someone with a disability play someone with a disability. I mean, that yeah. that was so awesome. That that really was awesome. And I know all of you are so involved with this. And as I said, you're doing such great things. Well, guess what? I have one of my mentees on the phone today who has gone on to be an author and speaker and done so many great things. Um, and that would be Alec Frazier, Director of Autistic Reality, who I've also known for a long time. Um, and Alec has at least 10 disabilities not just autism, bipolar, and OCD, but let me tell you what, I would say he has more than 10 dynamic traits, way past that. Uh, and Alec, welcome to the show. Why don't you tell our listeners why you decided to become a disability advocate? Thank you, Joyce. I love you. It's just so wonderful talking to you all the time. You're a terrific person. Um, I actually am 32 years old, and when I was growing up, I was often the only person on the autism spectrum in the, in, you know, that we could see, and I don't mean see, you know, with your eyes, I mean the only person apparent, and so there was a lot of pioneering done in helping me grow up, and uh, I was mainstreamed in education. Um, which was often a challenge for both myself, well, for myself, my parents, and the educators. The infrastructure often didn't exist at that time, so we created it. My parents and my brother um, and my friends have all been extremely supportive, um, and uh, I have, yeah, my first policy and advocacy endeavor, uh, well, I was... Let me back up a bit. In third grade in 1994, I actually gave my first public speech to the lieutenant governor of Colorado. So that's pretty early. I was like eight, seven or eight at the time. <laughs> and uh, uh, in in eighth grade, I actually uh, spoke to the both houses of the Colorado State Legislature to help get a uh, an amendment passed raising funds for special education. Um, however, advocacy wasn't always my goal, you know. I, uh, For years, I wanted to become a librarian or an archivist, and it was only after my 2011 internship for the AAPD, American Association of People with Disabilities, that I decided to devote my life to advocacy. Of course, that's when I met you, um, and we have our wonderful friendship from there. And may I say this about Alec, I meet many young people, you know, with disabilities as I speak across the uh, country and 
actually in two weeks, I'm off with the State Department to Kazakhstan. And no matter where Mm -hmm. I go, young people with disabilities, always my passion. But not everyone remembers to follow up. And do you know, Alec is one of the few that told me, I'm going to keep in touch with you, and that has all these years. Um, I mean, faithfully, all these years. And I'm very proud of you, um, Alec, and all the all the great things that you have accomplished. How about if you start by telling also, tell everyone about Autistic Reality and how you've been the author of books. Well, um, first I want to say I'm incredibly proud of you. I often tell people that you've done more for disability employment than anyone else alive today. And that's not, you know, flattery. That's the truth. So, so anyway, I've been involved in the advocacy for a while, but I noticed that there were two extremes. Uh, there were people who were not disabled who claimed to care about the disabled population, but were actually quite patronizing and even mean towards the actual people with disabilities. And then there was another faction who was extremely militant and prized confrontation over diplomacy. And I realized there wasn't that much of a middle ground, so I decided to be part of that middle ground uh, and contribute, uh, hopefully, a more moderate voice. And, um, yeah, realism-based voice, but also, it's funny, I say realism but I also mean uh, positive. You know me, I'm never unhappy, you know, and I, I think that negativity, uh, if you're a negative person, then that often eats away at you. It's good to come at things from an optimistic viewpoint. So as part of my advocacy, I lobby legislators, attend meetings, and consult with people in businesses. I attend conferences, and I mentor peers, and I do various other forms of advocacy. To help me with that, I got a bachelor's degree in political science and a master's degree in disability studies, both from the State University of New York at Buffalo. Uh, Almost two years ago, I moved to Washington, D.C. in order to be a better advocate, and I have been extremely busy. So where that comes into the books is that I've always been fascinated with pop culture and being involved with several different fandoms, such as comic books and Star Trek and James Cameron's Avatar and so much more. Uh, I've actually made hundreds of friends through these fandoms, and, you know, I I have a saying... Try to try to be friends with that guy in a powerful position. What can you lose? Turns out I made friends with the head of Marvel Entertainment that way. Well, the creative head, uh, you know, Joe Quesada. And, uh, and so I have a blog where I write about a number of things that occur to me, uh, including reviews, disability advice, and recounting experiences. It's not just a disability blog. Um, my first book was really a small booklet re- reviewing an autistic superhero from Marvel Comics, uh, a character from the Daredevil titles. I couldn't print that much of it, but there was clearly a demand. And I really apologize if I step on JD's bit, but after a while I met him and he offered me a kick-ass job. Oh, sorry if that gets censored. Uh, and... I asked him if I could uh, get all those writings uh, collected, 
And he absolutely shocked me by saying yes, and we built tons of connections there. Wow. Wow, you really did a lot in a short time. Hey, what are the titles of those books, Alec? Uh, yeah, the first one. The first one. Don't bother with that because I reprinted in the second book. The second book is called Veiny Vidi Autism. You know the phrase "I came, I saw, I conquered." In Latin, that's Veni Vidi Vici, and you spell that V E N I exclamation point V I D I exclamation point autism exclamation point you can also find it on facebook at facebook.com slash v e n i v i d i a u t i s m okay how about autistic reality do you have a website for that Yes, I definitely do. It's actually, <laughs> it's very easy to remember. Just to let you know, we're going to revamp the, the website totally in like a, a month, and it's going to look completely unrecognizable to right now. But the, the URL is very easy to remember, and it's a phrase that we all love, Joyce, nothingaboutuswithoutus.net. Oh, that is, yes. Yes, I love <laughs> I, that I was surprised phrase. that wasn't taken. <laughs> Yeah, I am so, too. That's sad, actually, when you think about it. But I'm glad you got it. Uh, and, well, and it's dot it's net. And if you can't remember that, also go to autisticreality.net or dot com. Okay. Um, okay, that's that's really great information. Oh, one other thing I forgot to mention: you can also find a page for my firm on Facebook at facebook.com slash autistic reality. My bad. Okay. All right. Well, JD, it's like the trifecta now with you, JD. Um, and and uh, JD Michaels, Executive Vice President of BBDO. So um, how about you, JD? How'd you become involved in the disability community? And how are you involved today? Um, well, first of all, great to meet you, Joyce. Thank you so much for having me on today. Um, so my my uh, involvement began with Terry, actually. She invited me to speak on behalf of BBDO New York at a Lights Camera Access event here about three years ago. And that event um, opened my eyes to this incredible pool of talent that was not being seen as widely as it should. Um, I had the opportunity to meet filmmakers and artists that spanned all the skill sets that we use every day in, in advertising and, and marketing. But I realized the, the incredible barriers, that both practical and social, that were between them in just even getting a job interview. Um, and I, I, I'd like to think that Terry and I kind of have the same motivation, not just to level the playing field, but in some way change the game to create opportunity for all these talented individuals to exercise these talents and really establish careers. Um, and I know it'll take a lot of effort, but a little radical thinking can kind of uncover new combinations of technology and workflow that I think can work for everybody. And so through Terry, I met a Storm Smith, um, who's an amazing filmmaker um, from the deaf community, who we hired as an art director. And of course, Alec Frazier, who's working with us as the editor of our literary project called Stories About Us, where we're publishing new fiction 
and I mean, detective, courtroom drama, sci-fi, fantasy, romance, all from authors within the disability community, which we're eventually going to promote to all those new networks that are looking for narrative content. So it's our way of being involved in the nothing about us without us principle, but taking that all the way back to the stories being told. Um, it's, it's not only just an incredible opportunity, but I'm learning so much about a, a, a huge group of Americans um, that still don't seem to have a proper voice in business. Right. Isn't that the truth? Well, hey, you know, just like CNN, we have our on the half hour news break with Harry Jude Radisick, who is with the National, with I'm sorry, with Disability Rights Network of Pennsylvania, that I'm so proud to be on the board of, and a tremendous advocate. So, Perry, what do you have to tell us about today on Advocacy Matters? Uh, Joyce, uh, thank you. Uh, the Supreme Court, that's what we're going to talk about uh, today and your show next week. Uh, and what we have is a nomination fight brewing in the United States Senate. President Donald Trump has recommended Judge Brent Kavanaugh to replace Justice Anthony Kennedy, who has retired from the United States Supreme Court this past June. The Senate Judiciary Committee just on Friday announced hearings for Judge Kavanaugh, and those hearings are going to begin on Tuesday, September 4th. And the Senate Judiciary Committee said those hearings could last as long as four days. Now, if we remember our Constitution, Article 2, Section 2 of the Constitution created these checks and balances on the power of the president to fill certain positions. And a Supreme Court justice is one of those positions. So the president nominates a Supreme Court justice, but the Senate has the power of advice and consent. So that means the Senate reviews, and they can approve or reject a president's nomination to the Supreme Court. Now, if we recall past history, Supreme Court nominations are controversial because there's no term limits. Our justices serve for life or until they retire. So advocacy groups like the disability community get involved in nominations to the Supreme Court because the court is the third branch of government. And the Supreme Court has the ultimate authority over the legal system of the United States. So what does that mean? Well, one obligation of the Supreme Court is to interpret federal law and the Constitution of the United States. So any nomination to the court is important. And their views on the Constitution is important. And their track record their track record and how they've interpreted federal law is important to groups like the disability community. And so those of us in the disability community are very curious about what issues have come before Judge Kavanaugh. 
uh, when he served as a judge in the District of Columbia Court of Appeals. And for those of you who know about the court system, our courts are split up into regions, and Judge Kavanaugh sat as a judge in the District of Columbia Court of Appeals. So he has a record on disability and other civil rights issues. National organizations like the Bazelon Center for Mental Health, Center for Public Res- uh, Representation, and the National Council on Independent Living have been looking at his record, and they've all taken a position to oppose the nomination of Judge Kavanaugh to the U.S. Supreme Court. We're going to have all of that information posted on our website at disabilityrightspa.org. And next week, Joyce, we're going to take a look at some of those opinions and the reasons why disability organizations are coming out and opposing Judge Kavanaugh's nomination. Advocacy matters, and it's important that we be informed about the nomination of Judge Kavanaugh and what the reasons are for the opposition to his nomination. Again, we want you to go to disabilityrightspa.org for more information about the nomination of Judge Kavanaugh. And next week, we're going to look at some of his opinions and why the disability community is opposing his nomination. Oh, Perry, that is awesome. I so appreciate how you keep us up to date on what's going on that impacts those of us living with disabilities. And one more time, that website? Yes, that website is disabilityrightspa.org. And hey, make a donation today. Thank you, Perry. Thank you, Perry. Thank you so much for calling in. Yes, thanks, Joyce, and we'll talk to you next week. All right. She's so awesome. Um, Hey, before we go back to our questions, I see we have a caller on the line. Um, Barbara Butts, are you on the line? Uh, Yes, Joyce, I am. I'm here for the conversation with Terry. How are you? How are you? I'm good. I'm good. good. Thank you. Well, what would you like to say to Terry? Well, um, Terry and I have been working on lights, camera access for uh, a number of years now, and uh, she had wanted me just to to talk a little bit about how important the peer mentoring aspect is and the mentoring aspect in general. Uh, Derek Shields works with us, and he does a great job uh, on a workshop on mentoring. And we think that uh, for young people trying to get careers uh, in the arts and entertainment field, that mentors are just essential, uh, really, really important. Um, and then the other thing that she had wanted me to touch on was um, that um, we also do a workshop as part of our Lights, Camera, Access Summits uh, that I do, and it's on uh, disclosure. Uh, if you want to disclose when that's appropriate and what information you want to share. And uh, again, those are all really important uh, important questions to ask when people are getting ready to uh, try to connect to jobs and careers in arts and entertainment or any industry. 
So, oh, that is so true. Those are, those are the I, I, I just that she kind of wanted me to touch on. Well, I just wanted to say, um, and Terry, the mentoring thing I think is so important. And I yes, know Derek Shields, Derek Shields does a lot in that area. Uh, Terry, did you want to comment more about that? No, I think it's absolutely important. Um, Derek with the National Disability Mentoring Coalition is building the first ever media mentor mentee talent pipeline. So we want to be able to locate mentors like JD, who we'll hear from again in a moment, um, and Alec, and we're now on our second generation because Alec, you've mentored him, JD and I are working with him, and now he's mentoring several. Uh, very talented writers with disabilities that are part of the Stories About Us campaign that J.D. spoke about. So we feel this is really important. And Joyce, we know this is near and dear to your heart, and you have been mentor for so many young people, and even for me and other folks, too. So we wanted to underscore that. Well, I, I think that is so important, and I know that we are going to talk a little bit more about this, but since we're talking right now, why don't you, and you, Barbara, feel free to add whatever you want, but let's talk about Lights Action Camera. What is that, Terry? It's an initiative, it's a collaborative that involves entertainment industry entities like networks like CBS, studios, production companies, industry associations like the American Association of Advertising Agencies will be putting together a competitive edge, a disability-inclusive diversity competitive edge uh, with JD and other folks that will go to all the different ad agencies on the best way to incorporate disability in an authentic, realistic, and respectful way. We have the regional conferences in New York, Boston, Chicago, Washington, D.C., L.A., and we'll be expanding next year. We also have an internship with CBS News. It's the CBS News LCA 2.0 Disbeat. Disbeat I talked about a few minutes ago, which was actually a brainchild of uh, Mark Johnson for ADA 25. So Janine Bertram Kemp. Janine Bertram and Marcia Katz and I have been working with that. And with the CBS internship, we open that up to journalism students with disabilities. Um, and then we also are looking at other collaborations with Deaf Film Camp, which uh, Storm Smith is involved with, Real Abilities Film Festival, Easter Seals, Disability Film Challenge, and Inclusion Films. And we want to open up opportunities for people with disabilities to follow their dreams and their passions and be part of the change that creating more authentic portrayals of people with disabilities. Um, we also are working this year with Oath, which is um, a Verizon company. It's AOL, Yahoo, merged with some other companies like Huffington Post and TechCrunch, Media Makers, to launch the Disability Collection, which is with Getty Images and the National Disability Leadership Alliance. And it's really important. These are focus groups that we did with Oath and the National Disability Leadership Alliance to deconstruct what stereotypes in photography are, and then use that information to create a guideline for photographers to photograph disability in a more respectful way. So hopefully um, in the future, Joyce, you can have them on your show because it's really a fabulous project through the end of the year. And, and where do our listeners find out more about that? 
go to the disabilitycollection.com. And anybody can enter photographs, um, and we are setting up a, a curation process, and we want to have authentic photographs of people with disabilities in all sorts of situations, employment and lifestyle and, and um, leisure and family and romance and everything, all just to show the full robust experiences of people with disabilities without the uh, stereotypes. Oh, that, that is so great, and I'm so glad you're doing all of this. Um, and J.D., since we're, you know, Terry and Alec mentioned you, uh, creative engineering that you were talking about. Uh, and by the way, J.D., like, you have the most phenomenal radio voice. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> you do. Wow, you're ready to be like an announcer uh, or whatever. Uh, but anyway, JD, creative engineering. Okay, so what is your goal with creative engineering? Well, um, I hold two positions here at BBDO New York. I'm the EVP of Creative Engineering, and that job combines artistic craft and scientific methods and professionals from around the world to bring to life the crazy, amazing imagination of the agency. So if you have something that you think is impossible, a wall of ice or a four-dimensional film or anything, I'm the person you come to um, to kind of try to figure out how to put that together. Um, I think that any creative challenge has some creative answer to it. And then my other job is I'm one of the EVP directors of diversity. There's a team of us. I'm the creative side of that team. Um, and I've been able to enact a kind of a specific definition of diversity now. Diversity uh, here is your unique combination of passions, experiences, and choices. That's it. Um, it's, basically, it's basically saying that our verbs what we like and what we don't, what we've done and what we want to do, they define us so much more than our color, sex, orientation, or any other noun that could divide, divide us. Um, so in working with Terry, I've actually combined these two jobs. Um, we found creative solutions for employment and engagement where other people said it might be impossible and tried to create tangible proof like Vinny Vidi Autism um, of the dynamic role that the disability community can play in the business of communication and creative arts if only given support and attention. Uh, that, and, and how do they find you? How do they find you, J.D.? I uh, I grew up as a kid in Kansas City, and I made things. My mom was a teacher, and we I, I made things, mostly out of cardboard and tape and staples or whatever. Um, but my mother always uh, instructed me to, to always seek solutions and never focus on problems. Um, and we, we grew up, you know, in a neighborhood that really was not too... Um, you know, that didn't have much like a sidewalk or anything, but we always could come up with something different to, to make things positive, to make things, you know, educational, to make things uh, strong so you could build on them and do something else. And I built, I kept that throughout my childhood and I was lucky enough, I was able to go to Yale University and 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 then come out of there and I got a job immediately as a secretary in an ad agency. Um, so I worked uh, my way up from being a secretary in a department to kind of learning different skill sets, kind of keeping my mom's philosophy, up until I got the chance to turn around and find other people who had that same sort of drive and that same creativity 
like Alec, amazingly, like he's exactly that guy, um, and give them the kind of opportunity to move that same path where somebody kind of, you don't need everything to be done for you. You just need, you know, a, a little bit of, of skill or a little bit of, of help. And it's been amazing um, to be able to kind of be involved, particularly with an ad agency like BBDO, which is a venerable, one of those oldest ad agencies in the world, and to take the creative push of this place and turn it in a different direction um, away from just speaking to the public and more towards speaking to individuals and trying to create that next generation of people who will kind of be part of this business. And if someone would want to reach you that's listening right now, how would they find you? Yes, I am at BBDO New York. You can reach me at my email here, which is jd.michaels, M-I-C-H-A-E-L-S, at BBDO New York. All right. Um, and, you know, I can see why you're there with that voice I told you. Great <laughs> radio voice. <laughs> Thank you. Okay. Hey, yep. Terry. Um, it's not as if you've just worked with like a small not-for-profit. I mean, you have really done a lot. I was thinking maybe you could give our listeners uh, an example of some of your customers and maybe an example of what you did. Um, thanks, Joyce. We work with all kinds of entities, but the but the bottom line is folks have to be authentic and real in what they want. So we're not like a publicist. We're not like going to promote what you're doing if you don't really hire people with disabilities for your company. You don't hire people with disabilities, we're not going to work with you. If you don't create accessible and usable products and services, we're not going to work with you. Um, and I have all the competitors on speed dial. You can work with other folks. But really, if you're genuine and authentic and true integration of people with disabilities into your industry, your company, then yeah, we're happy to work with you. Um, we do a series of focus groups. We've done them with Apple, McDonald's, AT&T, Bank of America, Motorola, and most recently with Oath um, that we talked about with the disability collection. Um, we also work with a lot of disability organizations. I'm very proud to um, be on the ADAPT Media team and help people with disabilities as far as amplifying that voice, your story. This isn't my story to tell because I'm a non-disabled ally, but creating opportunities so that people with disabilities can find their voices, amplify their voices, and be more effective. Um, we've worked with the Mid-Atlantic ADA Center and Transcend. They created a fabulous customer service video called At Your Service and also a guide to accessible events, meetings, and conferences. And so that's available for free on the web. And we work with industry associations to develop strategies so that they could target and reach the disability market segment, which, as you know, is $220 billion, but also a trillion dollars in aggregate income when you figure in um, friends, family, colleagues, et cetera. So it's a wide portfolio, um, but it's all pointed towards and generated by the disability community. Wow. You know what? That's what I love about you, about it being <laughs> authentic. Ah, oh, I love that about you. Well, Terry. you know, there's people that, they're, whether they, I don't want to paint all service providers with the brush, but there are some folks 
that either don't have to, like what Alice, Alec was talking about at the very beginning. It's done paternalistically, and it's not authentic, and it's done to the exclusion of people with disabilities speaking for themselves. It's one thing to say, you may not have a set of skills, I'll, I'll take care of it for you, which there are some groups out there that do. It's quite another thing to say, okay, let's figure this out. We have skills A, B, C, and D. You know, we build community. These are your skills. You take them. It's your story to tell, and that's the most important thing. And and a lot of everybody operates that way. I think, Joyce, you're exactly right. We really see eye to eye on that. And a lot of authentic disability leaders do as well. Right. And uh, this is Barbara. I, I think the other piece that we cover in our summit is the idea of how uh, your disability can be an advantage, uh, how it can be a competitive advantage, and what skills it brings uh, to you that are unique to you. Uh, and that might be of value to uh, to an employer. So, no, that's great. You know, um, it always and that's amazes. been your mantra, Joyce, for as long as I've known you as well. And that's yeah. really important. Paychecks, not pity. Disability pride. Yep, yep. And, and amazing that I just had someone, an executive, <clears throat> hear me speak, and I talked about paychecks, not pity, and. He got in touch with me to say, um, oh, you know, I have a disability and I want to talk to you because I don't agree with this. Uh, you know, we won't get a chance to work unless people feel sorry for us. And I got back. I said, you know, what are you talking about? You know, that's <laughs> that's not what we want. And by the way, that will never work because when you pity someone, you're really saying, I feel sorry for you and you're inferior and you can't do this job. And that is why 70% of people with disabilities are not even counted in the workforce. So, uh, yes, we're on the same page there. Well, Terry, I was thinking about you and I was thinking, look how much you've done and you will never stop, and you have this burning passion. Someone had to impact you. So who who was your role model or is your role model? Well, there actually, there's many, and it's, a, it's about building community and your philosophy about a rising tide raises all boats. Uh, my first role model was Frank Bowe who was the director of the first cross-disability organization, the precursor to APD, was the American Coalition of Citizens with Disabilities. And my brother Michael was Frank Bowe's interpreter, sign language interpreter, so I got to know Frank really well. And they are the mastermind behind the 504 demonstrations and takeover of HEW because Califano didn't sign the regulations for 504. So he was my first role model. My second role model and my dear mentor is Justin Dart and Yoshiko Dart. Mm. And I learned a lot from them. Um, I learned about love in the face of adversity. I learned that there are forces in the world that try to divide us and conquer us. And even though we may not see eye to eye on certain issues, if we find that common thread of love that binds us rather than defines us, and we use that to inform us, then we can be a lot stronger. And it's basically his empowerment manifesto. 
And I hope from time to time you visit that on your show, Joyce, because this generation of, of folks with disabilities coming up, the ADA generation, may or may not have had a chance to meet Justin uh, or may meet Yoshiko. But that's really the kind of the fabric of life that weaves and braids this tapestry of the disability community with emphasis on unity, U-N-I-T-Y. Well, Yoshiko listens to every show, and so I'm sure she was glad to hear your comments, Terry. Um, I love her, too, so I know, I know what you mean. Well, Alec and J.D., all right. We have had such a great show and talked so much that, sadly, we're down to about the five-minute uh, mark for the show ending. So I wonder if you two could tell me um, – Sorry to shorten this, but in a couple minutes, uh, what your greatest accomplishment is over the past year? And Alec, we'll start with you. Luckily, I have prepared remarks. Okay, Joyce, I'm so sorry if uh, I'm just I'm trying not to take up too much time. Uh, the last year has been amazing. It's been the best year of my life. I've become an inside member of the disability community in D.C. I uh, uh, This past summer, I was a mentor to an amazing guy named Adam for the APD internship class. He's going to be an amazing policy wonk. In fact, he already is. In addition, I've mentored a, young, a wonderful young woman named Liz from Rochester who makes autistic comics, and I've even provided guidance for older people such as my friend Denise in Pennsylvania, who's a wonderful writer. Uh, I'm honored to, that all three of these people have nominated me for Derek's National Disability Mentoring Hall of Fame. Still, the single best accomplishment of the past year was getting this book published. It's available via Amazon and is completely accessible on Kindle. It's also at a bookstore already, and we're working at getting it at more. Um, and finally, all, basically all month, next month, I will be at conventions up and down the East Coast publicizing it. I'll actually be on book tours. So huge, huge thanks to J.D. and Terry for helping make that happen. And you know what? Um, I'm glad you t- t- you can get it on Amazon. I, I'm sorry, what? You can purchase it on Amazon? Yeah, yeah, you can. Uh, Veni Vidi Autism with V-E-N-I exclamation point, V-I-D-I exclamation point, autism exclamation point. Yes. Okay. All right. Well, how about you, J.D.? Over the past year, what would you consider your greatest accomplishment? Well, it's it's been a, a, a very interesting times. Um, it seems like it's an age of aggression that's seemingly set directly against any empathy at all. Um, but I've had amazing opportunities to focus on individual dignity. Um, the projects I've been involved in, both within the disability sphere and outside of it, have really given me the chance to kind of embolden the strength inside those who've neither been recognized as strong or allowed to express it. Um, And by activating these imaginations, by helping them realize a film or an event or in Alex's case, this amazing book, um, I've been able to see that effort multiply and be paid forward by these individuals. Um, Alex's work on the Hill, all of his advocacy, his online work, it's unstoppable. He is truly a force of nature. And to be a person that serves 
to to be a person that serves as a part of what fuels him and his work that that's absolutely incredible that's been my my best thing to see from my work I've done this year oh that is awesome well, I'll be getting in touch with you at the end of this year and letting you know when my book comes out. Fantastic. Yeah. Wonderful. Great. Yes. Go yeah. good. My accident uh, that I had at the movie theater when I had a seizure that resulted in life-saving brain surgery was during the intermission of a movie. Therefore, wow. this book is called The Intermission. So I will absolutely let you know that I'm very excited about it. But Terry, um, let's end this show with you. What message would you like to leave with our listeners today? I'm going to leave you with Justin and Yoshiko Wisdom. And um, don't give up. Lead on. Don't uh, internalize what other people say for you. It's the individualized empowerment movement of people with disabilities. Bring your whole self to whatever you do, whatever your passions are. We're a community that supports you. And don't believe other people say that you can't do it. You can, because you have the power, you have the responsibility to make and live the dream. Lead on. Lead on. I'm with you on that. Lead on, indeed. Yeah, lead and on. My family motto is Jesus Christ, which means I am ready. I, will, I like being yes. ready for everything that comes my way. Well, that's good. That's, right. that's good that you're ready. Um, well, thank you so Joyce, much. Thank you so much. This has been fabulous. We love you. Well, we love thank I you. love you too, and I appreciate you all being on. And just so you know, these shows are all archived at BenderConsult.com, at VoiceAmerica.com, or go to Apple, get the podcast. Make sure you put it out, tell everybody about it so other people can hear about. And they're captioned, too. They are mm-hmm. captioned. Yes, wow. they are captioned, because that was a yes. big deal to me. So they are captioned. Uh, but anyway, okay. We're going to end the show with a quote, as we always do. And today, that quote is so appropriate. You can't use up creativity. The more you use, the more you have, said Maya Angelou. This is Joyce Bender, America's Voice, where disability matters at voiceamerica.com. Talk to you all next week with the CEO of AudioEye, Todd Bankafier. Voice America would like to thank you for tuning in. Please join us next Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific time for another installment of Disability Matters right here on the Internet Leader and Talk Radio, VoiceAmerica.com.